So, uh... Uh, yeah. Ah, shoot. I forgot. You forgot to start recording. I forgot how to podcast. Hello, listener. This is governor. episode... Governor. It's governor. I said listener. It's... I said gov. It's governor. What if our listener is not a governor? Everybody in England is a governor. Isn't that the way what that... if our listener is not in England? Then everything I thought... Everything I know was a lie, then. That, that it literally never occurred to you that our listener may not be in England right now? No, that never occurred to me. That was something I, I always just assumed. Good. Well... Now that you know your target audience is not uh, exclusively people in England, can we? Can I please address the list, listener? Hello, listener. Is it hello or hello, listener? I, I think it's hello. Hello, listener. This is episode 53, 53 of Unqualified Gamers. Thanks for joining us, listener. Podcast where... Gamers. Two guys that really don't know anything about video games talk about video games. Two gamers. I, no, 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 I am one of your hosts on this journey of uh, of self-discovery, really, right? Journey of self-discovery. Uh, John, and this is my partner, Cody. I'm not your partner. I'm the guy that typically has kind of profound, interesting things to say about video games, and Cody is the other guy. I, we, we do know about video game. You can't set it up and say we know nothing about video game. We've been playing video games for literally most uh, I mean, aeons. Most of our lives. Aeons, right? I so. I think, aeon, I think aeons are like guardian forces. I think it's eons. We've been playing for aeons is the point of what I was trying to say. Sure. And so we are gamers who have no we have no business talking about video games, but we do anyway. Do anyway, but we we don't know nothing about video. I mean, that's a bit of a that's like saying I'm your partner. Just not You're not a podcasting partner? What are I'm, you? I'm I'm not your partner. I'm a I'm a reg, rebel without a cause. I'm a rogue like. Huh? Which transitions into our top games of the well, usually we talk about our weekends and do small talk, but since it's a year in review, let's just go straight to the games. Yeah, so so listener, uh, I don't mean to toot our own horn, uh, but we're the greatest podcast I think ever made. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to be a little humble here. I know that's fair. Um, but really though, like, we had a fun. I think we had a really good year for us because we were kind of you know fucking around with the podcast a little bit over the past like three years. We didn't kind of have it on a regular basis. Um, but this year we, I like, we really got to the point where we started doing it every week. Uh, and it, it got pretty fun. Yeah. Well, like I said that we pretty much took the summer off because if you go back and listen, I mentioned both on and off the air that last year we, we were on a roll, we were doing it every week and then summer came and we hit a slump. Yeah. And then this year, you were like, no, 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 we're not going to hit a slump. We'll just still do it every week. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Well, go back and look at our podcast uh, history on iTunes, and you can clearly see we did, like, one in July and I think zero in June or August or something like that. So, Well, to be I mean, the summer is – there's a lot of other stuff happening in the summer, right? I mean, 
that things that aren't video game related. So I agree. I but, but I will I will concur with you that post summer madness we locked it down. Yeah, and we uh yeah we did our thing. It was good. Yeah. So uh, it's been a very successful year. I know I have played a ton of video games. I know you have played a ton of video games. Yeah, compared to last year, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So we have a lot to kind of. Like, you know, we we said we were going to do a year in review. We were going to take a look at, at our favorite games, and we were going to narrow it down to five. And that was – how hard was that for you, John? So initially, I, initially, like, when we decided that, I was thinking to myself, oh, I, like, I know. I got, like, the five. And then, I, and then I proceeded to write them all down, like, the games that I had played. And I was, I was looking at the list, and I've got about 20 games on the list of games that I played. And I was like, holy shit, I loved – probably 15 of these so then i started like narrowing it down and i was like well i i mean this has to make the list but but actually so does this but there's and then so does this one too but there's not enough room for this 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 and this and this so um i was kind of surprised by what ended up both making and not making my list to be honest i was more surprised with what ended up not making my list i think yeah so how do you how do you want to do this? Do you want to each do our number five and then each do our number four? Yeah, I think that that's fair. Okay, well, what was your number five? So my number five game was Rogue Legacy. Oh my god, okay, well, let's both talk because that was my number five. Okay, so we, if, listener, if you go back and talk to, Aaron, listen to our episodes about Rogue Legacy, I think we talked about it twice, right? I talked about it once and then you talked about it. Mm, something like that i i don't remember but we did talk about it at least once yeah we definitely have both talked about it because obviously we've both played it um my thing about rogue legacy is that i don't think there has been a platformer that i've liked more in i don't know maybe 10 15 years like the platforming in rogue legacy is perfect the controls are so tight and that's it's just it's a pure like gameplay feedback loop. Like you play, you get a bunch of money, you progress a little bit after you die, and then you there's like a slow progression where you can feel yourself getting more powerful, where you're unlocking stuff and getting like better at the game. And it's just it is like the purest feedback loop of platforming gameplay that I've ever played. And it it's just it's like perfect at what it does. It's good. It would, you would include that favorite platformer over Mario games? Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess maybe Super Mario Galaxy is the only other one that holds a candle to it, in my opinion. Wait, but that's not a that's not a side scrolling. I mean, that's the, true. It's a three D platformer. But okay. yeah, I don't I, I don't particularly like the new Super Mario Brothers games. Okay. I, Why is I that? Don't, I don't think they're that good. I, they're I just don't think that they're that good. I don't think that there's a lot of originality to them. So, like, they they get kind of boring to me when I'm playing them. I guess I could kind of see that, actually, a little bit. They, they get more boring to me than, like, it's, I don't know. I, I just, I do not like them. I, I don't like them that much. But, but the, I mean, there's certainly repetition in Rogue Legacy, because although it's a roguelike, many of the rooms end up being the same, and you're going through the same areas of the castle. So what is it about it that... I Since. think it's I think it's the I think it's the progression of your character because there's none of that in like a Mario game. That's but true. But it, it's like the feeling of getting more powerful as you're playing the game. And so it every time no matter what you're like going in more powerful than you were before. That's true. 
and I will agree with that. It was my number five, um, and it was a it was a close call with many other games, which John and I will address some of our runners up uh, at the end of the episode. But it was it definitely made the list for me because of its sheer replayability. And when we talked about another a lot of other games, even on Steam, even some of the other cheaper games. You look at this game, and I got it as part of the uh, the Humble Indie Bundle, right? Sure. A- and so, it, you know, it essentially cost me, what, like 50 cents a dollar total? Yeah, I mean, you paid $6 and got like eight games, and this was one of them. Right, and it, it has some of the highest replay value of any game I've played. So not only was it fun in the first place, but, like, it's the kind of game you can sit down and pick up a controller and play one or two levels and then be done with, which is which is very good. There's a low commitment level, like, you know, I look at my desktop, uh, and I've got all my Steam games, and I keep seeing, like, oh, Saints Row the Third. Heard that's great. Really fun. Don't have an hour to commit to getting into the story mode. Um, right. Actually, last night before you and I were playing uh, uh, online with each other, I was going to start Metal Gear Solid Revengeance, and I didn't because I was like, well, the opening cutscene will be 40 minutes, and then I'll have to stop and play with John. So instead, I uh, played a different game, but I thought about playing Rogue Legacy. You do know that Revengeance was made by Platinum Games and not by the normal Metal Gear company, right? I do, and I I understand it's more action-packed, but I'm still going to assume that there is going to be some dialogue, a story set up at any game these days, or or a lot of games these days, the start is a little bit, uh, can be a bit cinematic-heavy. Even with um, like the Zelda games, hello, oh my god, we'll get to that later. Uh, but yeah, Rogue Legacy, definitely also on my list. And listener, I should also mention, these are not games that came out in 2013 necessarily. These are games that we played in 2013. These yes. are games that, like, our first experience with these games was in 2013. Yes, these are, in 2013, John and I played these games, and these are our top five favorites. So this is to your benefit, because some of these games, since they've been out for more than a year, are going to be dirt cheap, i.e. Rogue Legacy, which you can generally get for like $3 on Steam. And I think that actually did come out this year, though. Did it? It did. I thought it came out in 2012. No, it definitely came out this year. Oh, well, perfect. Well, never mind then. This one counts, but for the future, because there are some games on our lists that are not from this year. I can guarantee you that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, my next game is not going to count. So... That's kind of funny that we're both into, in agreement that that was our number five. So it both it definitely made our list. Really cool though that small indie title like that is up against these other big dogs and is able to make our list like that. And and when I when I thought about this list, I tried to put myself back and I'm like, which game could I not put down? And this was kind of tied with another game, and I'll, I'll talk about my runner up later. But this one won out because. Again, just the sheer replayability, and it was hard to put down for a while. Um, I I think it can get stale after you play it for like, you can't play it for two hours on end, I don't think, because it it does get a bit repetitive, but certainly you play it for maybe a half hour, an hour, an hour and a half, and then the next day you pick it up, it's going to be a little bit fresh again. And see, I, I actually didn't have that experience. I had the experience where I would sit down, and I would have the intention of playing it as a bite size chunk so i'd be like yeah i'll just you know play it for for one or two uh generations and then i would sit down and i would play it for like six generations (laughs) and as far as as far as getting stale goes 
because of the randomly generated um, character select every time that you start a generation, I feel like it's always different because you're always getting different combinations of characters and abilities, magic spells, and then their traits. So, like, for me, it was always really fresh whenever I started because it was, like, a different character every time. I can see that. I can see that. We'll agree to kind of agree. We'll agree that I'm right. Okay. So my number four game, and this is probably going to surprise you, was Dark Souls. What? That's, that's my number four. How? Are so, you kidding me? It's not because I didn't love the game as much as I loved the game. John, I think you are obsessed with this. Like you, you specifically said, Oh, I love this game. You said I lo- that it's the most fun you'd had playing a video game in like years. Oh ever. yes. I, I loved this game. Don't get me wrong. I love this game. Uh, it's less that I, I didn't, it's, it's more that I just had other games that I still, when I like put myself back in the place, that I was in when I was playing these other games, I, I was I liked them more. I had more fun playing these other games. So, I, I promise you, Dark Souls, I still love you. I promise you. But there's there's some stuff about it that is enough to where it it's not my winner. Like there's there's a good amount of a jankiness to Dark Souls, um, that it, it's an it's enough to kind of knock it out of my top spots of like my top three spots. So, I have a feeling that if they have polished the things when Dark Souls 2 comes out, if they have polished the problems with Dark Souls, that game is going to be a monster. Uh, but we'll have to see when that comes out. But don't Dark Souls is wonderful. If you are into kind of the, the roguelike thing that we've been talking about, you know, we roguelike has become like the, a giant new th- genre juggernaut thing. Um... But if you are into roguelike stuff and you are into third-person action games where the major like the the emphasis of this game is on discovery, it's on ex- exploration. Like if you like that in your video games, holy shit, you need to get Dark Souls if you have not played it yet because it is amazing. Um so don't get me wrong, I still love it. But I'm I'm still just in shock. Like I'm just sitting over here with my jaw dropped because you you just were so obsessed with... I mean, you just spoke so highly of it. It just blows my mind. Yeah, and I think maybe you are... You're, prob- you're probably thinking because it was a very recent entry, but when when you see my my next three, you'll realize that there are probably game. There were games that I liked more than Dark Souls. <clears throat> okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> I have Dark Souls, by the way, on my desktop. I will play it at some point... You know, along with the other 85 Steam games that I have you, that I... I mean, you want to talk about commitments. Dark Souls is a commitment. Exactly. and I, it, I think That game is a commitment. I, I do know that, and I'm already committed to several games. Like I said, I just got Metal Gear Solid Revengeance. I, I got it a week ago. I haven't opened it. Uh, Mario 3D World, have it in my Wii U. Haven't touched it. You know, there's a lot of games that... That uh, I need to get to. Uh, oh, you own that game and haven't played it, huh? Yeah. Oh, you need to play that game. <laughs> well, I want to play it with people because we, we mentioned before that we started recording. You know, like it seems like it'd be fun multiplayer, and I think it could be a be a thing. But that that's that's beside the point. This that's actually a kind of somewhat transition into my number four. Into my number four, if you're done gushing about Dark Souls, 
God, your favorite game, game Dark ever Souls made. is so good. That's yeah. why this list was so hard because like I wanted I wanted four number one spots, but well, uh, alas, I could not have four number one. Spots. Yeah, no, you couldn't do that. So so don't try. So my number four uh, was Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, which did come out in 2012. So an oldie but a goodie. And does that? I don't know if this surprises you because I I know I pointed out some things I disliked about the game. It does surprise me. I, I didn't think you didn't make it seem like you loved that game that much. Here's the thing about Skyward Sword. I, I'm thinking back about it now. Since playing Skyward Sword, I've also played Legend of Zelda: Wind Waker HD and uh, The Legend of Zelda A Link Between Worlds, and actually started playing The Legend of Zelda Oracle of Seasons, uh, the Game Boy Advance game, which I have on Virtual Console. So it's been a very Zelda-centric year for me. I've played a lot of Zelda. Gone to Legend of Zelda Symphony of the Goddesses, Second Quest again. So so very, very big on Zelda. I almost put Wind Waker HD on the list. The reason it didn't win out is because... I still haven't gotten everything in Wind Waker HD. And, the, and we talked about this whole complex I have now about how I won't finish Wind Waker HD because I can't get everything, but I can't get everything because it's too hard. And, like, there's 20 different maps you can be opening, and it's just so hard to get everything. And I like a Zelda game where there's some challenge and there's there's some extra, like, hmm, where is that last piece? But I like being able to get everything in a Zelda game with a reasonable time investment, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, uh, like you'll notice that... Now, I was going to talk about this later, but like Batman Arkham City did not make my list. Not because it wasn't a great game and it wasn't really fun, but because almost there is so much stuff that it becomes overwhelming. When I reviewed it, I, I said, oh, I'm going to go back and, and play more of this game and finish it and get more stuff. But then I look at it, and it's so daunting with the, like, 3,000 Riddler trophies that as a more time-sensitive gamer these days, you know, as a working adult who really only plays video games because you make me review them on this podcast, um, I, I like when everything is kind of, like, accessible. In Skyward Sword, I look back, and I'm like, I got everything in this game. I got all the heart pieces, I got all the items and everything, I did all the optional stuff, and doing that was fun, because it was manageable. Like, I was able to do it all without it being insane. The story was the best story in a Zelda game, I think. Which Uh, there aren't, I mean, there really aren't usually all that greatest stories in Zelda games. Yeah, I mean... You could say that they're so familiar that they don't seem interesting and new, but this one felt fresh, and the gameplay itself was really good. My main complaint about this game, and this is something I've said I've said before, and I've told people every time I talk about the game, the the gameplay is superior to any other Zelda game. The challenge is superior to any of the 3D Zelda titles, except maybe parts of Ocarina. But I mean, it's it's way harder than Twilight Princess or Wind Waker HD. Uh, when you're getting used to the controls and things like that. Like, I think at its core, at the at the plateau, this game plateaus. It has a slow start for the first few hours. You hit a plateau, and it is the best Zelda game, bar none. Like, better than Ocarina of Time, better than uh, Twilight Princess, better than everything. And then in the last half of the game, the last, like, not half, but the last little chunk of the game, you kind of have to rehash a couple areas, and it, that plateau falls quickly, and you're like, okay, I've had enough of this game, I'm ready for it to be over. 
But I think at that plateau, it's the best Zelda game. They, but it, they ruin all that goodwill that they have. They, they do, they do. They just draw it out a bit too long. They get too self-indulgent. If they had taken away that last little fetch quest, it would have been probably my favorite Zelda game ever. And made it start a little bit more. But I mentioned that I played the other Zelda games because that gave me the perspective of all the Zelda games kind of start slow. And um, uh, Nintendo executives have been quoted as saying, like, we want to make a Zelda game where we put you right in the action. You know, like Zelda 1, you start on a screen, you walk in a cave, you get a sword, and then you walk around and kill things. Like, that's it. That's the setup. There's there's nothing else. And um, they've acknowledged that that's an issue. So, but all that said, the center of it is so good. And I think about the final boss battle, and it was so satisfying. Yeah. Like, so satisfying. The boss battles were really fun. The boss rush mode is really fun. Like, overall, it was an incredibly fun game. And if the next Zelda game is better, then it, it has a potential to be the best Zelda game ever. So those are all of my thoughts wrapped into several sentences in a rant, if you will. So you hated the game. So I hated the game. But no, I had to put Skyward Sword as number four. And I, I got to that point after that slow start where I couldn't put it down. And that's... That's part of how I kind of judged my games of the year is, like, what game did I start playing? And I, I was just like, I don't want to stop playing this. Isn't it kind of isn't it kind of disappointing to you, though, that, like, they created a game that you that you think was, at, at one point, the best Zelda game you ever played, and then they ruined it themselves? <laughs> I mean, isn't that, fr- like, isn't that frustrating? Well, to so- some people disagree with my assessment of the, the end of it. Like, some people were like, oh, I liked it, because they, they do change up a couple things. Like, you return to the forest area, but the forest is underwater, so you have to swim around a lot. So, like, it changes things. It's it's not like you're literally redoing the same stuff, but just to me, the pacing was off. I, I, think, I think the majority of people agree with that sentiment more than they they feel the opposite. You know what I mean? Well, who, who have you have you actually talked to other people, or are you just making? I'm random? talking about like other like other news outlet type things. Oh, really? That's what I've, yeah, that's what I have heard about the game in particular. Yeah, and, and I mean it's it's hard to fault Nintendo. I mean it's hard to be like you gave us too much game. You know that that's a tricky thing for game designers. I would imagine is you've got well, a fun but the game. Thi- and... The thing is, is we're not we're not talking about most game. We're talking about best game. Oh, no, no, most, I know. Most game is a different category. Uh, no, I agree. But what I'm saying is, if like, if they hadn't had that final part, some people probably might have said, this game was too short. And Nintendo avoided that. So, you know, how does Nintendo perfectly assess how much Zelda is enough Zelda for the game? You know what I'm saying? I don't think anybody would have complained it was too short. Especially if they had gone, if they had the same feeling that you had in the middle of that game where they thought, this is the most fun I've had with a Zelda game ever. Like, if... Like, you st- you you find a way to tie that up when you're kind of running the the player on that kind of high, you know? Like, that's that's what you want to do. Yeah, that's true. And, and actually, it's funny you should say that because when I thought about Wind Waker HD, it didn't make my list because it's too short. I mean, you can beat that game in three hours. Really? Yeah, the new one, because the way they redid it, and they, they made everything so smooth and fast, like, they sped things up. Text goes faster, you move faster, like, it's it's very quick game. And there's only, like, six dungeons, really, and you get to them pretty fast. Like, there's so much exploration. 
That's See, the that... thing. That's the thing about Zelda games, though, is that I mean, if you're playing, if you're playing the game and mainlining it and not exploring, you're you're kind of doing it wrong, right? I mean, I guess you could you you know, it's not up to me to tell you how to play a game. Like that's play play the game however you want to play. But I think I don't think you're supposed to come to a Zelda game without an, the anticipation of doing a lot of exploration. That's what that's what they're all about. Yes, so, you are so correct. Like, I, I yeah, think, so, but I so think like Wind Waker. If, Wind Waker doesn't balance it well. Wind Waker is not enough main game and a ton of exploration. It's I think it's just a little imbalanced. Like they can maybe rein it in a bit, so it's like possible to find all the heart pieces within you know eighty five hours of playing. Whereas um, I thought that uh, uh, Skyward Sword had a really really good adventure portion, but they went a little long on that. But the exploration actually felt perfect to me. Okay. You know, so I, I did get everything in that game. So I, I, I don't know. You know, everything I'm saying is completely out of my ass. If you're a Zelda fan, like, just know I loved every Zelda game I played this year. I loved them. Uh, and despite my my misgivings about Skyward Sword, again, like, at its core, it is a really amazing Zelda game. And I, I might go, now I kind of want to go fight the end boss battle again because it was really fun. Uh, so I'm not Breaking Bad, but um, that's why it's not higher on the list. And I, I just wish it would have been my number one bar none if it had been just a little bit shorter on that tail end. That's all. You should you should tell me your number three now because we've spent way too much time on Skyward Sword. So my number three was FTL. <laughs> I'm not surprised. The look, just can you believe the roguelikes here? It's it's crazy. So the thing about FTL is that you know there's no main story of FTL, but I have, I am on record saying that it, it was, I'm on record saying it was my favorite game of the year. Obviously it wasn't because it didn't make my number one, (laughs) but I'm on record saying that, um, you are, but this is the kind of, this is the kind of roguelike. I think that it's, it's exactly what I want out of a roguelike. First of all, it's my favorite setting. It's like a sci-fi space setting. Um, you know, I'm, I'm over fantasy. Like I'm, I'm over, I'm what? over your, I'm, I'm like over your Dungeons and Dragons, your, that kind of thing. I'm, cause, I'm, cause of World of Warcraft. It's just, it's, it's, it's overdone. It's where video games originated. I mean, we're like, we're at a point now where I want different stuff and I love that environment of sci-fi, but it's the fact that every run, run of FTL takes about, you know, 45 ish minutes and it is so different every time you play. So, so different. Um, the thing that I love is that there's the different classes that there are in the game based on the type of race that you pick and, the sh- and that ship that you pick. And then there are ways to unlock different variations on those ships, which are really interesting and fun um, and adds to the replay value of that game. But... It's the kind of game where when you finish it, if you're like documenting, if you were writing a story about your gameplay experience, you could write a story about the journey of that particular ship and run that they had. Um, And the gameplay is just super easy, like to understand. It's not an easy game, but it's an easy game to understand. They lay everything out very well. Um, And it makes, it's like, like a good roguelike, like what the best roguelikes do. You have to be very adaptive to the situation, what you have in front of you. Like there's probably things that you, there are probably ways you prefer to play the game. Like I think my favorite way to play the game is to find a way to get an invasion party and 
invade enemy ships whenever I encounter them. But that is not always available. In fact, seldom are you able to find that particular piece of equipment to buy, have enough crew that are strong, like, melee fighters to board onto other ships, and have, like, a good weapon setup for that. So, like, it's just... it. But that's still, like, my favorite. But it's fun to play that game over and over again and occasionally stumble into a situation where, you know, that's the way that you have to destroy other ships. You know, in another in another way, there will be, like... Like, in another game that you play, you'll have all ion weapons in that game, which which disable enemy rooms and enemy ships. And you'll have to, like, have one damage... Like, I'll have, like, one damaging ability, like a missile. And then two or three ion weapons that disable rooms. And so the enemy, typically the way the fights will go in that particular playthrough will be I'll disable all of the enemy's weapons and shields and all that stuff, and then I'll just fire missiles at different areas of the ship to kill them or just you know destroy other rooms and stuff so there's just lots of different ways to play and it's really good it's just a really good roguelike and i've talked about it before you can go listen to that episode for sure but yeah it had to it had to make be my number three it had to make my top three for sure yeah i'm not shocked about that and i i got it and i played it like once or twice but i never like got into it i'm not really sure why some people thought it was a little too difficult um, and I could see that because it took to break that to break that shell of that game probably took me five, six, seven runs to kind of yeah. really understand what you needed to do to play the game. So I get it. Like I, I get that complaint with the game. But if you're able to stick with it and, and kind of understand the systems, it's 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 awesome. It's it's really really good. And I don't have a lot to contribute to the discussion about FTL. Um, do you still pick it up and play it? I do. Absolutely. I do. So like, if I am just, if I don't want to start something new or I'm not in the middle of another game, I'll pick that up and I'll do a run, which takes, like I said, anywhere from a half an hour to 45 minutes, depending on how far you get. Sometimes you're crushed in the first 10 minutes of playing and it doesn't matter if you've done much faster than that. But, um, yeah, I absolutely still pick that up and play and I still have ships I haven't unlocked. Wow. And, and, and they're coming out with that awesome update free expansion pack if you own the game next year, along with an iPad version. I was literally about to say that. They're going to complete, it's going to completely rekindle my love for that game. Yeah, once you have it on your iPad, it's like game over John's iPad. It's going to be pretty awesome. That's good. And that was your number, what are we at, three? That was three. All right. My number three, you ready for this? (sighs) Yeah. Civilization five. Again, so this I'm not surprised about. Are you not? No. <laughs> I no. Mean, In fact, I guess I'm surprised that that may not have been a little higher. Really? It's it's it it's like, I mean, within two or three weeks, I had put in 40 or 50 hours. Yeah, this game is like all of the worst things for you. It, it was like really the mo- is. It, it was one of the most addictive games I think I've ever, I, you've ever talked about for you. And see, I played, see, it's interesting. I played Civilization Four earlier in the year. To kind of, uh, while I was like waiting uh, for Civ 5 to go on, there was some reason, but I played Civ 4, right? And that was fun, and I played a game, and it was long, and I won, as always, and it was over. Cool. Civ 5, I played a shorter game, won, that was cool, got an expansion, Gods and Kings, then it was cool, got another expansion, Brave New World, won some more, that was cool, then started playing multiplayer with two of our friends. Started a separate game with each of them, 
two different joint games with both of them. And that multiplayer component, like, we'd be, we sat around on a Friday night, I remember, and we just played for, like, six hours drinking and just playing Civ Five, And that blew my mind. And there's also all these expansions, uh, not expansions, but all these, uh, all these Steam Workshop extensions you can install and, and other, like, kind of tweaks to the game. And uh, most of the time, they didn't even work on my system, but a couple of them did. And it's just, there's so, there are so many possibilities. You know, there's like 700 achievements for that game. I think it's because they ca- they just kept coming out with stuff. Yeah. For it. But the number of achievements is it's not probably 700, but it is it is over 300. I know that for sure. Uh, now watch some listeners going to be like, there's 256. Okay, well, listener, I don't know why you sound like that with your voice. Because I don't. But um, but yeah, there are a lot, a lot of achievements. No one could probably ever get most of them. Uh. And and I haven't even touched the scenarios. There's scenarios, like historical scenarios you can play. I did that with Civ 3 or Civ 4 years ago. I played a uh, a World War II scenario where I had to help um, basically take England back from the Germans and then go and win that war. And it was super fun. It was the only one I've ever played. And there's like 20 or 30 at least that I have that I haven't even touched. So, like, there's just a lot of content but I'm not overwhelmed by it because it's it's a game where you're playing different games, you know. Uh, it's just so much fun. It's just so yeah, much there was, fun. With Civ Five, there was so I remember when I downloaded and I started playing it. There's so much content there, and I think I think I probably spent 60 hours in the game, and all I had done was play single player games that I started from that I started from the beginning. I didn't touch a single scenario, but like you said, there are so many in that game to play. Yeah. There are so many different civilizations that I've never played. I've just never played them. And I, I randomly started every single one of the games that I've ever played. Really? In, yeah. I've always randomly started. Never. I, I have not played all the civs by any stretch through an entire game. So there's, just, there's so much content in that game. And it's, it is a very addictive game. It's totally the one more turn game. Oh my god, yes. Well, and it's and it's different because you know I kind of just bitched about too much content in Skyward Sword and Arkham City, but th- those are games where you're playing one game. That's one game with too much content of the same thing. This, you know, Civ. Like the difference between a small map with three other civilizations and eight city states, and a large map with like. 14 civilizations and 17 city-states or, you know, more than that. Like, the difference in how you even approach the game is so different. And the strategies that you take are so different. And the resource management is so different. You know, you've got multiple different ways of being diplomatic. You've got the military. There's five five or six different types of victory you can achieve. Uh, you've got the multiplayer and then you've got these scenarios. They're almost like different games. And that's really cool. That's really cool. So Civilization V, uh, I guess I, I should specify Civilization V Brave New World specifically is number one on my uh, number number one on my list. Number one on my list of third best game of the year. Oh, can we can we number them like that? All right. So my number. So we're at we're at number one of our number two, right? You're a number one. Well, I don't know. Is this number one of your number two, or is this a different one of your number two? Yeah, this is my top number two game of the year. It's Nino Kuni: Wrath of the Right White Witch. And when I was looking at all the games, I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know, this game came out in, what, January? I mean, it was forever ago. 
Um, and it actually did come out this year. But my first love of all loves of video games are role-playing games, and kind of specifically JRPGs. And it's it's a dying breed, which is very sad for me. Uh, but there aren't nearly as many good ones as when we were kids playing video games. It's true. So this was your tradition, kind of a traditional JRPG, you know, and it was done by the same movie studio uh, that did stuff like Princess Mononoke and Spirited Away anime movies that hit the states that are incredible. Like the animation is just amazing. And it was as close to playing like a cartoon as as you will get so far in the pantheon of video games. It the visual style of it is incredible. But the thing about it was it it was so much of what I want out of JRPGs. Like it was blissful to play. It was just so much fun and it had so much charm and character. Like the the main the main character's companion, Mr. Drippy, is enough to play that game by himself. Mr. Drippy sold me on the game. Yeah. So th- that character by itself and through the mind of of the studio of Miyazaki's studio, there are tons of other characters and tons of other experiences like that in the game. Um and the game is long, it is so visually interesting and it's fun throughout the entire game. It's got this relatively deep monster raising system, couple of flaws in the monster raising system, but in general it's there's a lot to like think about um and it's just awesome. So like I said, I t- kind of I took myself back and I was like when I played this game, I did not stop playing this game and I th- I played it for like 80 hours to get to the end. I basically did everything. I did almost everything in the game. And I didn't stop. Like I didn't play any other games when I was playing this game. So I remember I had just fallen in love with it. I had fallen in love with the characters, um, and so it had was number two. And as a clarification, that guy you mentioned did not actually sell me on the game. I just think he has a funny name. So when you went to GameStop, you were not helped by Mister Drippy. Uh, not a GameStop. The last time I was in GameStop, I forgot to get the game because it went on sale uh, during Black Friday or whatever for like fifteen dollars. Or God, what's wrong with you? You missed out so hard. No, I know. I think it's still pretty cheap there, but it like it dropped in price crazy low because I remember at first it was hard to even find a copy because you were talking about lending me yours because you were like, oh, you can't get it anywhere right now. Yeah, I thought at one point. It was, like, off the shelves. Like, you couldn't get it. Right. So, uh, apparently it's in higher supply now and equally high demand but lower prices, so that's good. Well, so listener, we... I will tell you, if it's a game that you are even remotely interested in, if you can find it over the next few months to the next year, this is the kind of game that will eventually just – they will not make more copies of it, and you won't be able to get it anymore because it doesn't have a giant audience. Right. So, um, if you are at all interested in it, if you can find it within a price range that is reasonable to you, I would recommend picking it up because there will come a point where you will not be able to get it anymore. Wow, that was really foreboding right there. It's very sad. You should have done that more in your like dramatic movie trail, like get it while you can, because this summer save yourself. Just go. What? 
What just was go. that? What was that voice? It was my, it was my dying my dying breath. Was it? Uh, what about the Resident Evil? You know, Resident Evil Two voice. Just go, John. Don't open that door. You being the master of picking locks. <laughs> Is that an actual line in that game? Yeah, I've never played Resident Evil Two. That was actually Resident Evil One. Oh, I and, never... and it was. It's like Jill, you being the master of picking locks. <laughs> That's a good line. It's pretty good. Uh, I have never played a Resident Evil game. I've watched. They, they scare you. I've watched almost. I think I've watched all of two twice. I've watched someone play most of three, if not all of it. Uh, my roommate used to play. My old roommate, one of the old roommates I used to like, used to play four. I think I've seen somebody play five. I've seen them all, like movies, but I've never played one. So there you go. That was an aside. Did you like that? Aside of what? And now, for my number one, number two game, this is my number two game of the year. Mac and Cheese? Mac and Cheese is my number two game of the year. That's a macaroni. Congratulations to Mac and Cheese. To Kraft. Thank you. This episode's sponsored by Kraft. This episode's not sponsored by Kraft. It's not. We have any sponsors. If you would like to sponsor us, please contact Cody. At unqualifiedpodcast at gmail.com. That's right. There you go. So, uh, my number two, you're going to, I don't know if this will surprise you, my number two is Bastion. (gasps) <gasps> so it did surprise you no actually that doesn't surprise me really yeah bastion that was hard for me to leave that off but i i did have to leave that off of course list. you did of course you did so for me bastion uh what how would you describe bastion as a game like action a- it's, just action it's an isometric third person Action RPG. All right, when I asked you to describe it, I meant using real words that have been invented and mean something. Uh, it's a isometric uh, tetracycline dodecahedron uh, acidity methylcycline sulfurate magnesium. Yeah, okay. I, think, I actually think most of those words were real that you yeah. just said. Yeah, the listener's going to eat that up. Oh, oh! I better go run to the store and buy me some Bastion because it's got some tetracyclohyde fluoromescence. It's a punch-kick camera fighter. It's an action game. Sure, it's an action RPG. It's an action RPG with with wonderful narration. The best soundtrack of... Well, it came out in 2012, so this is another oldie. But best soundtrack I heard all year. I think it might have actually come out even earlier than that. I think it's like 2010. Uh, shut up. God, yeah, long, everything I say, you contradict. Well, I'm trying to correct you because you say so many wrong things. Um, so I'm... I'm literally looking at my list, my notepad in my hand right now, of games I played this year to verify that it had the best soundtrack. And it's... <clears throat> it did. I was on the edge of my seat just then. Thank you. <laughs> Close Thank you second for releasing all of that tension. Uh, yeah, no, I was gonna say The Legend of Zelda: Link Between Worlds actually gives it a run for its money, but no, no, Bastion, uh, Civ Five maybe at times, but not if you play as the Egyptians. My God, uh, Bastion yes. was Bastion was August. I'm sorry, July of 2011. Thank you for that. So a two year old game is my best, uh, second best game of 2013. There you go. Your number one. Number two game. Yes. Yeah, so listener, Bastion's an action game. Uh, it's kind of a beat em up, but kind of not really. There is skill involved. The selling point is a again the best video game soundtrack I th- I think I've heard in years. It's it's just so good. The narration is spot on. The storytelling is spot on. 
I think that the real the real selling point is the surprisingly the surprisingly well told story in that you, game. You talked about how it's kind of an adult theme or whatever, and I I disagree. I disagree. I just thought it was. I mean, I I guess kind of parts of it are told in a little bit more of a raw way than other games of that like art style. But I I didn't think I, the the game is the game is is about genocide that's not something that i don't know it's is it i guess it kind of is maybe i was focused on the wrong wrong stuff uh it is that is absolutely what it's about well okay i guess essentially yeah you know maybe i was just drunk the whole time i played it and that's why it's my number two yeah i mean it's 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 basically it's basically about a world war a theoretical world war three that ends the world like literally ends the world because one race was trying to destroy another race of people. So remember when I said that I disagreed that it dealt with adult elements? Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that component of it. Now, the listener is probably at this point just like, did he even play the game? See, listener, it was such but a see, good but game. But see, that should, that's exactly right. That should be a testament to the gameplay, though, because it is some of the most fun fighting in like an action RPG that there is. And what I thought was cool about the game is I 100%ed it. I finished all the challenge levels, uh, got everything you could, and they offered what a new I game thought class. was good about what I thought was good about the game was I was so good at it that I I 100%ed. I was That's so what I liked much, about the game. Well, it's not that I was so good; it's just that I was so much better than you at it. I did not 100% that game. Right, I know specifically. So there, there's that. I think I think what I really like about that game is that you and I. And whoever else plays it are going to have very different experiences with that game because you choose two of eight or nine or ten different weapons, and I think I think the majority of people when they play it will have favorites that they just kind of go to. I assume you did, right? Um, I did, but I tried to switch it up as much as possible, and that added a very nice level of variety. Yeah, and see, I I think uh, that's the wrong way to play it, um, as you often play games. Um, but really though, I, I think the majority of people are going to find like the two weapons that they really, really like, and they're just going to kind of stick with those. So my experience throughout the, the whole game is going to be kind of, kind of different from somebody else's. Like who the f*** is going to use that fire blower weapon? That thing was stupid as I sh- love that weapon. That thing was stupid as sh- I love that Only weapon. Only idiots would use that weapon. Well. So, so, you know, I mean, again, people play the game wrong that's fine clearly you weren't very good at it that's you clearly you weren't very good at it but bastion was a really good game it was really like a really good game it like eight to ten hours to beat i guess and i played it seriously six or seven hours straight when i played it like i i could not put it down yeah i definitely played that game in two sittings yeah i totally agree with you it's really good yeah so bastion is my number two and that brings us to our game of the year game of the year that we played that did not necessarily come out this year. Wait, did yours come out this year? No. Okay, because I was going to say, I swear to God, if you say Gone Home, I am... My number one game was Gone Home I will kill you. It's coming out next year. Stop it. Look, when the aliens attack in that game, and you have to fight them off, it's incredible. Stop it. What is your game of the year? My game of the year, because it could not be anything else, was League of Legends. Really? Yeah, I was thinking back. So I was thinking back to it, and I, I've at this point I have put over three hundred hours, I think, into League Whoa, of Legends. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
There there were days where I would sit down and I would play League of Legends for eight to nine hours straight. I would just play play it and play it and play it. Um, it's it is not a game for everybody, and it's a shame uh, because it's it can be kind of impenetrable in in terms of its difficulty, in terms of its its gameplay, its and the girth, and the community sucks sucks balls the community sucks like you guys should be ashamed of yourself those of you that play league of legends and are jerks to other people because you do not make it fun for new people to play the game so if you're one of the assholes that plays league of legends and is not welcoming to new players um screw you because you should want to share your hobby with other people so uh after after that after i have now condemned all of you assholes that play league of legends that are jerks um it is it is one of the deepest in terms of gameplay and in terms of like a a teamwork type game that there is um and in terms of fun that i have had with games like when i when i talk to you about that feeling of like of an even game of league of legends yeah being played there is no better gaming experience to me than to have two relatively equally matched teams and to have 45 minutes of your time just in deep concentration, there's there are so many decisions to be made in that game that you start to you realize that you're not making you you're not consciously making them when you're playing that game. But there are so many decisions to be made when you play that game. Like, do I go here? Do I spend the time walking over here to fight this thing? Do I try to kill this guy and then go for this tower? Um, it is so complicated without you realizing how complicated it is that it it's wonderful and it there's you cannot it's the type of game that you cannot play alone like you there's no way that you can have four people that are not great at the game and still have somebody amazing at that game and to have that team win it just will not work there's no way you if you if you are a player of that game you'll hear about carrying a game to a certain extent you can but there's no way that a single player can actually win a game for the rest of their team. Sure. If the other, if the other team has any competence, like it really is a team game. As opposed to games of like call of duty, where you'll have one guy on the team has 47 kills and everyone else on his team has two. Exactly. And he still wins the game. Exactly. That's it. It is not, it is not possible to do that. You have to play as a team. And there are, the stakes are like, like in call of duty, when you die, you, I mean, you respawn, right? right? And all you've given your other team is a is a kill. But in League of Legends, when you're when you die, you have given the opposing team a big chunk of gold, and you have lost all of the time where you could have been getting gold for yourself. And the other team has probably taken some sort of objective because you died. Like they have, they have probably been been able to take down a tower or something like de- it is so debilitating to your team when you die like the stakes are so high uh that it's just it is so intense like the intensity of those matches and of the concentration and of the stakes it's just oh it's so much fun pure adrenaline when you get into playing that game and i did start to get into like the competitive mode of that game i started to play in in the ranked matches and the level of competition far more even playing fields in the ranked matches I found 
just very, very good. Like, I can't talk enough. If you have the time commitment to be able to play that game, um, it is a game you should try. That being said, I think I'm going to quit playing it. I was going to ask, do you still play it? Yeah, no, and I I have been playing it maybe up to last week, but I think I'm going to quit playing it because I, you know, got the baby on the way, and it's not you can't pause it because you have 10 people playing in a game at the same time, and it's just not conducive to the life of a working person with other things going on. If I had discovered this game in college, well, I probably wouldn't have because I was playing World of Warcraft, but if right. I had discovered this game instead of World of Warcraft in college, it would have been the game that kind of took over my life, as opposed to World of Warcraft, which took over my life when I was in college. But it it's the type of game where, like, if you don't have as many responsibilities, and you have large chunks of time to play games, holy shit, play this game. Because, like, you could, you could fall down the pit, you could get absorbed into this game, you know, play it within reason. Like, don't... <laughs> Don't play until you literally die. Yeah, take care of the responsibilities that uh, that you do have. But if you are still in, at a point in your life where you don't have large responsibilities that you that you need to take care of, holy shit, this game is good. Like, really good. Like, but, really, really good. But, like, that's... You're talking about getting really into it and playing it all the time if you want to be really good at it. Like, can't no, you no, just pick it up no, once you, in a while? You can. You can. But it, it's still a game that you can't pause, which very soon will not be a type of game I can ever play. Because I'm going to have a kid. You will have a kid. Like, I need to be able to put the game down. You will, because that kid will be a living thing. Right, and I can't leave the kid... Uh, you know, if the kid puts the fork in a light socket, I probably need to address that immediately. First of all, I probably need to put some things over those light those light sockets to make sure the kid doesn't put a fork in there. But if the kid were to put a fork you know, in the electrical outlet... I need to be able to address that immediately. Or maybe hide the forks. Like, don't let the less-than-one-year-old human being have sharp objects. It's crazy talk. I mean, it's a, it's a thought. I'm just spitballing here. Sharp objects are what... are what make, They're what define your time as a baby. Childhood? Sharp yeah, objects? Sharp, def- sharp objects define your childhood. Okay, good. I will, I will make sure to remember always that you said that. I'm going to be the best dad. Oh, boy. Did you, do you want to guess my number one? I'm going to say Legend of Zelda Link Between Worlds. You are wrong. How did that not f***ing make your list? Uh, how did... <laughs> how did that... How did that... How did that... Oh, you know what? What about Last of Us? There you go. Yeah. And I, I hate to be that guy that agrees with every gaming outlet. I don't think you're that guy. There's a reason why that game's winning Best of, <laughs> best of the Year awards. That's true. That's true. And And believe me, Link Between Worlds was... I mean, it's a great game. The only reason it's not on the list is because it's too short. It was just a little too short. I'm surprised that that made your, that that made your list in... Or, I'm sorry, I'm surprised that Skyward Sword made your list and Link Between Worlds did not. I haven't played Link Between Worlds. I haven't played Skyward Sword. But from everything I know about those games, it it's really sounds like Link Between Worlds is the far superior experience. I, and believe me, I love Link Between Worlds. Like, just because a game's not on the list, like you said, you had like... 14, 15 games, and you're like, these should all be number one. It's really yeah. hard to, to narrow it down. And believe me, Link Between Worlds is awesome. I just decided it was a little too short, frankly. It was a little too easy near the end, so whatever, I'm over it. Last of Us, I mean, what, what could, like, I can't say anything that hasn't already been said without spoiling the game for those of us who haven't played it, John. I'm sorry, what game? 
I think The Last of Us tells one of the best stories. I've never even heard of this game. In a video game ever. It does it the best way possible. It's just, The Last of Us raised the bar for video games. It was so fun. It was so hard to put down. And it was so, to me, scary, atmospherically, like, scary and compelling that it was also hard to keep playing at times. And I think it, it, the story created an emotional response in me, made me think about stuff, made me reflect on stuff. It was smart. Uh, the Last of Us, if you own a PlayStation 3, you have to play this game. So this is the kind of game where you think it, it's going to kind of change games moving forward, right? I mean, it's it's a very important game as well. Um, I, I mean, I don't think that it... It's not so much that it did a lot of things that had never been done ever or completely innovated, but what it did is it did the best job I've ever seen of executing things that have already been done. Like, yeah, it just, I mean, from from the graphics to the ambiance to the sound, the use of 5.1, the dialogue, I mean, the voice acting, there is no better voice acting than this game, period. Anywhere. This is the best voice acted game ever made. What about uh, Titus's laughing scene in Final Fantasy X? I want to f***ing punch you through the internet right now. Ha 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 I hate you. Oh my god, I was so I wish a clicker would show up behind you and just eat your neck off. Is what I wish. Oh, I need to play this game. No, it's just it's just such you need to play that John. It is it's so good. I mean, you played the first hour and you were like, "Oh my god." You know? Like and that continues for the next several hours. The first 5 minutes are, "Oh my god." Yeah, first 5 minutes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh this game and by the end you're just it makes you think this game is art. It makes you think about stuff uh <laughs> That's really specific. It makes you think about it's, stuff. Yeah, like, no, that was really deep. It's it's good. It's, it's, it's art. It makes you think stuff. The gameplay is great. The I mean, there are minor you know nitpicks you can have here or there. You know, I just played it through on one difficulty level. That was it. You know, there's more difficulties. There's a multiplayer which I didn't even think is necessary at all. Why is there a multiplayer? There is literally no reason to have a multiplayer. It's not even that good, I don't think. But I it's think it was there. shoehorned in at the end. I think it was shoehorned in at the end because Metacritic uh, favors games with multiplayer modes, which I think is stupid because there's no reason why I needed a multiplayer. It's not the thing people are talking about when they're talking about The Last of Us. No, and it's not. It, but it, it's also. But at the same time, it is there. So you know, there's there's even content I haven't touched. There's stuff to collect I haven't even gotten all of. But. That's not why I played the game. I didn't care about collecting stuff. I just cared about the story. And I cared I cared about the characters. I was as emotionally attached to Ellie and Joel as I have been to any character in any video game. Like, there, there are... I mean, yeah. It's just so good. It's just so good. The Last of Us, definitely the game of the year. It's scary. It's fun. It's well done. It is... It is an accomplishment. It is an achievement. It is a masterpiece. I really need to play that game. You do. I can't speak highly enough of the game. And I'm so glad all these gaming outlets shows it as game of the year. I'm so glad. I mean, it deserved it. It so deserved it. You know, and the more the more I saw, the more I'm just like, this clearly deserved it. Yeah. Uh, and again, Link Between Worlds, really good game. GameSpot named it their game of the year. And that actually surprised me. 
Um, it just surprised me a little bit. But I did think it was really fun. Uh, so what you're saying is that was your number six. Uh, but unfortunately, it didn't, uh, it didn't make the list. Uh, it actually, hold on, let me look. Uh, <laughs> we didn't number past five listeners, so I, we don't actually have number sixes or sevens or eights. Uh, one of the games that we talked about before we even started recording, though, that we were both incredibly surprised that did not make our list was Bioshock Infinite. Yeah. And I'm thinking about it, and I just cannot believe, because we we did talk a ton about that game. And if anything, the first two f***ing hours of that game should be enough to make the list. But it just, there were other games we both liked more. Yeah, and it it doesn't surprise me as much as it surprised you, I think. Like, I liked the game. It was very good. Um, I, I thought it was a little overrated. I... I severely disliked the voice acting. I did not like Elizabeth. I really didn't like Elizabeth. And I was distracted by the fact that Troy Baker sounded exactly like Snow from Final Fantasy XIII. Very distracted by that fact. Um, That's a really weird thing not to like. Yeah, you're a weird thing not to like. I just did not love the voice acting in the game. And the gameplay was... the game. It's not a good first-person shooter. That's exactly right. And that is probably the reason, more than anything else, why it didn't make our lists. Yeah, it's not a good... Right. I mean, I'm sorry, but like... It's, the, st- the story is super cool, and it's super sci-fi-y, and it, there's some really cool like concepts there. And that moment at the end when like you teleport back to Rapture is incredible. One of the coolest things ever. Um, there's some really awesome moments in that game, but there are parts where it's not fun to play and yeah. that's a problem. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand the severe obsession a lot of people have with this game and the series. They're just not great first person shooters. Oh, I disagree. I think that the first one and, and the second one to an extent are great first person. Are they? Okay. They are. I really do. And I, 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 you know, I, I had no idea what to expect with the first one, so maybe I'm not remembering it great. But yeah, Bioshock Infinite. I mean, again, it, it was good, and I did like the story, but the voice acting just killed it for me. I, I didn't love the art style, um, and the story. I know a lot of people gush about it, but I don't know. I thought the whole quantum physics deal, like to me, it wasn't shocking or like a, like a oh wow moment for me. It was just kind of a oh this is where they're going with it, and then the game was over. And I guess the very ending is pretty cool, but. I didn't connect with it the same way other people did, and so that's why it didn't make my list. And it could be that you didn't have past experience with your with the other Bioshocks, right? Or did you? I played the original Bioshock. I didn't collect all of the audio graph sure, things, but you played it. Yeah, because there's uh, the the way it all gets gets tied together is part of the real fun of Bioshock Infinite. Uh, like the I, very yeah, that's that part's just, that part is fine. I got it. I get what you're saying. I get the connection, but that didn't. That wasn't an orgasm for me. I understand. I understand. No orgasms. No orgasms here. I don't know. For Bioshock Infinite. I still am surprised that it didn't make our list, because I, I really did. If you go back and listen to that episode that we talked about, when we talked about it, when we talked about like the atmospheric storytelling that it does, you would think that it was our number one game of the year. That's true. The atmospheric storytelling was amazing. But I think I think but the game's not fun to play. There are points in the game where it's not fun to play. Well, there's that, but there's also the atmospheric storytelling in The Last of Us blows it out of the water. It just yeah. it destroys it. Yeah, I think that 
I think part of it too is is you're sold a little bit of a bill of goods, right? Because the first hour of that game of Bioshock Infinite, before you have a gun, um, is all like that is where the atmospheric storytelling is at its best, right? Like from the when from the the enter like that descent into Columbia after you get fired into the air in that pod, yeah, is amazing. That's cool. Th- that that moment where the barbershop quartet comes up and they're singing God only knows, you know, in like 1892 or whatever year you're in, that part is incredible. That's cool. Uh, yeah. But once you get your gun and you, and the game turns into a first person shooter, you don't get nearly as much of that atmospheric storytelling at all. So I, I would disagree. I think that just, to, just looking at the environments around you, there's an attention to detail that game takes that makes it very effective. And I don't think it would have been as effective without that um without Love that environment and the detail. And I think I do I think they did a very good job for the most part. But again, I played a game that is similar, The Last of Us, another action game for a next generation system, and I thought The Last of Us did a better job at it. So for me that obviously that direct comparison takes away, unfortunately, from Bioshock Infinite. And I don't have that comparison because I haven't mm-hmm. played Last right. of Us. Right, right. So um, I don't want to take anything away from Bioshock Infinite. Just because it wasn't my cup of tea, I'm not trying to bash it at all. I, I, I really don't think that the, the gameplay itself was super solid. Um, but beyond that, I don't think it was a, a bad game. It just, to me, was not Game of the Year material. And I, I'm glad most outlets didn't pick it as Game of the Year. Frankly, I don't. I honestly don't know if any of the ones that I read did because they all picked The Last of Us. That's true. <laughs> I mean, all of them, except for GameSpot, and it's it's actually funny. Link Between Worlds was not my main runner up. My main runner up was Wind Waker HD. Zelda, Zelda, Zelda. I mean, there was like I loved Zelda. You've got this a year. hard on for Zelda. I Holy do. Shit. I have. I have a pretty. I have it in for Zelda, but um, I just think Skyward Sword just. Just this year. But, you know, who knows? Six months from now, I could replay all of them and change my mind. I don't yeah, know. It's all right to be wrong. But for me throwing together a list 10 minutes before we started recording, I mean, thinking about it for thinking weeks it is what I, yeah, that's that's what happened. Uh, there's also a special place in my heart for Awesome Knots, which I fell in love with hard. Yeah, I didn't give a shit about that game. For about a month. Uh, and... It really introduced me to the world of MOBAs, which got me interested in League of Legends. So it's I have a really soft spot in my heart for Awesome Knots, but it just it wasn't enough to make the list. There were just other games I liked more. Yeah, yeah. Was that your kind of main runner up? No, my main my main runner up was Bioshock Infinite. Oh, it was. It absolutely was. Yeah, okay. I I really did love that game. Like I said, there were por- there were parts of it that were not fun to play, which is a shame. Sure. But I really I really did love that game. And if you had to throw out just a couple, just names of a couple other top runners up. Bastion, very close to making my list. Yeah. And then the big surprise was Yearwalk, which was that game for iOS. And oh, in fact, yeah. in fact, that and Device 6, both of those games by that company, Samogi Games, I think is what it's called. You would have put that, those as on your game of the year list? Yes, they, they really are incredible. That good? Yeah, they completely subvert your expectations in terms of what you're going to get out of an iOS device. Totally not what I was expecting. And the, the year walk plus the companion app are just when you, 
when you discover, yeah, they're just they're awesome. They're awesome. They really are, okay. and they really they really were on my list. Okay, like they they were. I, I almost put Year Walk on as my number five. Okay, almost. I believe you. I get it. God, but Rogue Legacy had to make it. Rogue Legacy did have to make it, and my my runners up in addition to Arkham City and Link Between Worlds and Wheelmaker HD, um, were uh, where are they? They're on this list. I promise. I wrote them down. Uh, to the Moon. I thought they did some really cool things. Very simple game, very short game, but uh, also very inexpensive, so why not? It was like a dollar. Good stuff. To the Moon was cool, and Final Fantasy VI Eternal Crystals, the ROM hack to Final Fantasy VI. Interesting. Yeah, I, I really wanted to mention that again. That almost that almost made my top five. It honestly almost made my top five. Uh, because Final Fantasy VI is one of the best games ever, and then you take it, mix it around, make a new game out of it. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. You know that game's coming out for uh, for Windows devices soon. Final Fantasy or, VI. Actually, yes, I'm not Windows devices. It's coming out for iOS soon. Yeah, I don't care. So thanks, that's kind of cool. Thanks for that useless knowledge, though. I don't think that's useless. I think that's cool. Hey, do you? Hey, we should mention what our our listeners have been playing because I asked sure. them what they were playing after uh, after the holidays were over. Uh, Jamie says he's not entirely sure what he's playing this weekend. He just got a PS3. Congrats, Jamie. Way to go. So he bought a pile of games at GameStop. Among them are things like Vanquish, Dark Souls, and Nino Kuni. <laughs> so I'll probably be playing a lot of things this weekend. That sounds I, like a lot of things. If you haven't started, yeah, Nino Kuni will take you forever. If you have not started Vanquish yet, it is like a four to six hour game, and it is it's a platinum game, and it's fucking awesome. It's so good, and it's so platinum, and it's so good. So play that. Sweet. Uh, Eric is playing AC4. It's so very addictive. That's Assassin's Creed, right? Uh, yeah. Have you played the Assassin's Creed 4s? I have not played 4 yet. I was so disappointed by 3, and even though I've heard 4 is better, I was so bummed by 3 mm. that I... It, it's It's been hard for me. It's been hard for me. Got it. Okay. Uh, Miles said, Last of Us, greatest game ever. Uh, and also mentioned it did have a few problems, such as your allies talking too much too loud in stealth situations. But all in all, I think it's one of the greatest games I've ever played. Totally agree. I, yeah, it does kind of take you out a little bit when you're being stealthy and Ellie's kind of running right past the enemy. But what can you do? Honestly, honestly though, I, there's they're video games, right? Yeah. There's going to be some gamey stuff, unfortunately. Like there's just there's no getting away from it. Otherwise, otherwise it would just be a movie. Like if you need if you need all of that stuff to be perfect. Like, it, you're only going to get that out of a movie. You're not going to get that out of a game. Yeah, I'm over it. Uh, and, and then Jamie actually replied. Right, I need, so worst, worst game ever. Worst game ever. Jamie said. replied and said he needs to play it so he can properly criticize it. You do need to play it, Jamie. Do it. Um, Nora said, my sis got, le- uh, my sis got, uh, that's short for sister, John. Sis and sister are interchangeable. Okay. So Nora's sister got Lego Marvel superheroes. So that and probably Pokemon Y. I just got Pokemon Y. That's Why? Why? Oh, ha, ha, Justin, ha, ha, ha. I hate you. Justin said he'll probably play some more of The Last of Us, but Nino Kuni is his game of the year. So, looks like he oh, and you game is so good. think alike. Why don't you two get a room together? That game is so good. And fornicate. Why don't you do that for me? I don't, I don't even know what that word means. Anna is playing Forgot Beyond Two Souls. Or wait, did Anna just say that she forgot Beyond Two Souls? Maybe that's what it is. Forgot Beyond... Well, the name of the game is not Forgot Beyond Two Souls. Are you sure? It's just Beyond Two Souls. Okay, well, 
maybe I oh oh because when I asked what people are playing over the weekend, I I also attached a top like 100 games of the year list. So maybe she's commenting on that and saying that the list forgot Beyond Two Souls. That's true. Or she's playing Beyond Two Souls. Either way, that's a game. And Christopher is playing a lot of Lego Marvel superheroes and Legend of Zelda A Link Between Worlds. What is this Lego Marvel superheroes popping up on our... Uh... So I want to say it's a... Uh, is it Wii U? Is it? Is it a Wii U, it a Wii U game? Uh, I, don't I, don't, I don't know if it's a Wii U game. All I know is that the Lego games, ever since they... Ever since, like, I think it was Star Wars, Lego Star Wars, like, three or four years ago, they've been churning them out, and they're all supposedly really good. Yeah, and you know they're making a Lego movie, right? I did know that. That looks awesome. Yeah, so I I have no idea. I have never actually played a Lego game, but I don't think they've ever been reviewed badly by anyone. Yeah, I need to check one of those out. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that they're necessarily for us. Like, I probably honestly wouldn't have that great of a time with it. They're not supposedly that hard. Um, you can get one for not... your kids. Exactly. So exactly. that is what I'm going to be. There that you is go. What I'm gonna be. Um, so uh, looking forward to 2014, are you going to get Watch Dogs? I am. Are you? Absolutely. Isn't that a PS4 exclusive? No. It's coming out on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and I'll be getting it on PC. Of course you will. All right, cool. So Watch Dogs. I'm not looking forward to any games in 2014, except Smash Brothers. Dark Souls 2. And Final oh. Fantasy 13 Lightning Returns. Dark Souls 2 is coming out. Did I mention that Dark Souls 2 is coming out? Dark Souls 2 is coming out. Dark what else is, Souls What else 2 is coming out is next coming year? Out. What else is coming out we can get excited about? Titanfall? But I don't know. I, first-person shooters aren't really my jam. So for me, I probably won't get it to be honest i'm sorry lister yeah I, um, I would like to i would like to play arkham origins in 2014 yeah but that's already out so you asked me what i'm looking forward to coming out oh i know what i asked you i don't care what you are doing i was just talking uh so let's see what else is there coming out and i guess i guess destiny but maybe only if other people buy that game because it seems like it seems a lot like borderlands 2 at least that's what it kind of appears to me from looking at the previews of it, which Borderlands 2 was really fun when we played together, but that is not at all a game I want to play by myself. Yeah, did I was going to ask you, like, we only played eight or nine hours or ten hours of it. Are we ever going to, did you ever be, play beyond that? Or No. Me neither. No, because I do not have a desire to play that game by myself. So, well, we should we should play that again sometime. I agree. Well, hey, our friend John is going to be back from Russia for a couple weeks in January. Maybe we pick it up with him because he loved playing that with us. Right on. All and, right. Because, listener, if you go back in our archives, I actually uh, podcasted a Borderlands 2 live play session with me and the two Johns, and it was somewhat entertaining if you have a low expectations. If you have a, a low, low did you, did expectations. You say, did you just say have a low expectations? I certainly did, John. Perfect. Yeah. So, lis listener, really, though, we hope you had a great year, uh, as good of a year in gaming as we had, because it was a really good year for video games, Yeah. for for me. It was. Hope you all had much success in your holiday in acquiring new stuff, had great time with family, and uh, and had a great year. Yeah, I hope so as well. And just before, I mean, before we totally close out, what did you get for Christmas? What games are can, can the listener look forward to in our in our next few episodes? I did finally get a Wii U. 
Yeah, and, and you I got, like it, right? I got new Super Mario Brothers. Uh, I got the new Super Mario Brothers and new Super Luigi Brothers package. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also got new Super Mario World. So that is what I'm playing. Super Mario 3D World. New Super Mario 3D Brothers World. Right, right. Good. I'm getting. I'm. I'm honestly getting all of these games confused now. <laughs> Super Mario Brothers games. There's the, too many. The names are getting a bit, a bit. Throwing they're me getting. Off. They're getting crazy. Yeah. I, all I know is that World is in the title of the other game that I got. Sure. Why not? Uh, and I got Pokemon Y as mentioned, so I'm playing that. I also got Super Mario 3D World, but I have not even. Oh, I haven't even played it yet. I got Metal Gear Solid Revengeance, uh, which is a platinum game. Correct. And uh, have not even opened that yet. And also, uh, you gifted me, what's it called? Reach of Rain? Risk of Rain. Risk of Rain, uh, which is a a, uh, a roguelike... Platformer. Platformer. Multiplayer roguelike platformer on Steam. It's really fun. Setting up an internet connection is not... So, it's... The- Listener, what it's a nightmare. Risk of Risk of Rain is a game. It's got to be by like by like one or two people, but it's super indie, and so they don't even have a they don't even have like a network set up. You know how how games when you play online, you'll have like dedicated servers that you connect to that kind of host the games for people that are playing. This game still makes you use your own computer as a server. And so other other players have to connect directly to your computer if you're going to host a game, or you will need to connect directly to another person's computer. So it's not the easiest thing to set up as a uh, an online game, but if you can manage to do it, I have been having a ton of fun with it playing with you. Yeah, yeah. John and I will definitely talk about it in one of our next few episodes. For we, sure. We played for like four hours last night. Yeah, I kind of want to play it after we're done recording. I have things to do, so I can't. Is one of the things you have to do play Risk of Rain? No, it's not. I can't. I wish I could. And it is fun, and I would like to play it, but I, I have to get stuff done before I uh, party. It's New Year's Eve. We're recording this on New Year's Eve, so literally the last recording of 2013. Yeah, you got a pregnant wife. You don't do a ton of partying anymore. Well, you don't. I, however, only have two pregnant wives. That doesn't make sense. There was going to be a joke there, and it just didn't. It fell flat. Didn't work. It fell flat. First time for everything, right? So we'll talk about Risk of Rain later. But yeah, that, that internet setup was annoying. So so yeah, I haven't played my two brand new console games because someone has been uh, gifting me free Steam games and making me play with them for fun. What an yeah. asshole. What a f***ing Seriously. God. And listener, if, you, if you've been with us for the whole year, too, thanks a bunch. We really appreciate you listening to us. Yeah, we got a lot of new friends on Google+. Thank you so much for following us there. Uh, we're, we're growing rapidly. We're in talks with a couple uh, podcast networks, networks, I networks guess. Networks of podcasts. Joining yeah. some networks, and, uh, and unqualifiedgamers.com has been registered, and I will eventually finally put stuff there so we'll have our own website. Um, just oh, keep... that's what you have to work on. Not that's why you can't play Risk of Rain. Yeah, that's why because I have to do our website. So there's that. So uh, yeah, looking forward to a big year in 2014 and lots of video games. Uh, but John and I have to go and actually play those games so we can review things later. For you know, that's the only reason I play video games is for the listener and talk about them in an unqualified fashion. Well, because because I'm not. I have no professional. I have no business talking about them. We don't have any business talking about those. You don't have any business talking about those. I don't have any business. Good one, Chief. You don't have any business. Good one, Chief. Stop saying good one, Chief. Good one, Chief. All right.
What am I met? What am I, what what is it? What is it? Is this hey? Is it what is the hey? Is is this Halo? <laughs> <laughs> Ha 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 